Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pond, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 37 Saving Jackson They drove in silence, each one mentally preparing for the fight ahead. Eventually, the dark lodge came into view. Katie could see a snow leopard waiting impatiently on the porch. Getting out of the vehicle, Katie took a couple of minutes to get undressed, hoping Lizzie's car blocked most of her body from Tyler's view. Changing into animal form quickly, she ran towards Candy. I've already figured out where they came and left, Candy explained. I don't know how they were able to take him. Without his being incapacitated in some way. Katie could feel the fear and concern for Jackson rippling through Candy's body. We'll find him, Candy. Now she had committed herself, she was determined to follow through. Not waiting for Lizzie or Tyler, she followed Candy till she caught on to the scent herself. She took the lead, stretching her legs, running full out. How long ago did you think they came and got him? Over an hour? Maybe a little more? I wasted time getting here. Don't beat yourself up, Katie shot back. What would have happened if we noticed him gone in the morning? The trail was getting stronger. She could tell they were gaining. If they were picking him up and dragging him, it would take them a lot longer to get to their destination. How do you know they have a destination? Because if they just wanted to kill him, they would have done it back at the lodge. Katie answered. She could feel Candy's horror at the thought of finding Jackson's body. We're going to save him, she said more confidently than she felt. Coming to the top of the hill, Katie quickly stopped, breathing heavily. She gazed at the scene below. She counted 23 large animals, grouped periodically in the valley below. They were all facing in one direction. A woman was standing in front, obviously speaking to the group. Katie strained her ears but couldn't hear anything. Candy hunched down next to Katie, viewing the scene below. They must be talking through their minds. Why didn't Jackson teach us how to hear them? Frustration was evident in her thoughts. Obviously an oversight, Katie answered. There, behind the woman, Candy pointed out. He's tied to that tree. Katie moved a couple of feet over. She could see Jackson's back. His arms were stretched tight over a couple of branches. His back was bare. Fresh scratches streaked across his back. We have to come up with a plan and fast. Hearing Tyler and Lizzie coming up the hill, she cautioned them to keep quiet. She quickly gave them the information they'd learned and turned back towards the scene. Have any ideas? Actually, I do, Candy inserted. I don't think we have to fight them all. Only the Sikus are turned into a malice, or about to she pointed out. I bet all those other seekers want out just as badly as Jackson did. How can we differentiate between the two groups? The hierarchy of the animal kingdom, Candy pointed out. What? Katie was hoping Candy was going to make a point. Candy gave a deep breath. I don't have time to explain the alpha and omega of the animal kingdom. I think the lower class of animals will be in the back, while the alphas of the pack will place themselves in front. Katie couldn't believe this, but it made sense. Who knew she could actually use stuff she learned in science class? 
So how are we going to get past the ones who don't want to fight? Candy turned to Lizzie. Lizzie can virtually make us see anything she wants. I think if she projects an image of the scene below, we could basically walk past the seekers in the lower pack. We could get to the alphas. If one of us can get to Jackson and untie him, Lizzie can project Jackson's image that he's still there. Katie was beginning to see the plan. Turning to the other two, she could see Tyler was on board. Lizzie was once again shaking her head. Do you see a hole? There are over 20 were animals. What if Candy's wrong and they all fight us at once? Katie was losing patience. Then we'll fight like hell and probably die. We're going to die for a seeker. Katie was tired of having the same argument again. No, we're going to die trying to save a member of our team. She looked back over the scene. She could see a small ridge to the right. She pointed the ridge out to the others. Lizzie, if you could sneak up there, you will have a commanding view and be able to project. Tyler, you go to the left of the group. Candy, you go to the right. I'll go up the middle and try to reach Jackson. She let the plan form in her mind. If you get close to an alpha and he's not standing close to anyone else, go ahead and take him out. Lizzie can cover up the sound and smell of the fight. How are we supposed to know an alpha from one of the omegas? Tyler asked. My guess is they'll have a strong evil smell. Once you have smelled it, your instinct will step into overdrive. You will want to fight. Everyone knows what to do? She waited till she saw a distinct nod from everyone. Okay, let's sneak up close while Lizzie finds her way to that ridge. Katie slowly and quietly moved until she was just behind the last were animal in the pack. Waiting patiently, she heard Lizzie's go-ahead. It was unnerving to walk past the large animals without their being aware of her position. She could tell Candy's hypothesis that alphas were closer to the front was correct. The particular pungent smell grew stronger the closer she came to the front. Pausing for just a moment, she identified Sergius's position. Staring at the large cat, she fought the urge to attack. She needed to get Jackson down first, she told herself. Memorizing his position, she promised herself he was going to be the first one she attacked. She walked so close to the woman, she felt the soft breeze as she waved her hand in the air, making an obvious point. Getting a first-hand view of Jackson's back made her gasp. What looked like scratches from a distance were claw marks cut deep into his sinew. Walking around the tree, she turned human, clothes automatically forming on her body. Jackson, we're here to save you. Hold on, let me untie your hands. She wrestled with the ropes. She kept looking over her shoulder, expecting to be attacked. Getting one hand free... He swayed, hanging from the other hand. In his place, a projected Jackson stood still in the same position. Working as fast as she could, she eventually had him completely untied. Jackson, we have to go! His eyes were unfocused. She wondered if he'd been drugged. Shaking him, she got no response. She changed back into Wolf, wondering what she could do now. If he was a panther, she could carry him. In this form... She was afraid of causing more damage to his tender flesh. Jackson, please! I need you to snap out of it and help me! Jackson opened his eyes and focused on her for a moment. Help me, he pleaded. What's wrong? Candy asked uncertainly. He's not responding! Katie closed her eyes, fighting tears of frustration. I can't drag him because he's not wearing enough clothes! I can't pick him up because he's human!
Something must be stopping him from changing. Candy's thoughts rang out. Get into his mind, Katie, and see what's going on. Getting down on her haunches, she closed her eyes, trying to relax. She concentrated on the young man she had grown to care about. Trust me, Jackson. I need you to trust me. Emotions rippled through her body. She knew the moment she broke through. Despair filled her soul. Self-hatred clawed in her stomach. Not able to take the raw emotions, she collapsed, turning human. Lifting her head up, she saw Candace fall on the ground in human form. What have we here? The woman said in wonder. Two more morsels to fill your appetites. Bring them closer, she commanded. Katie felt hands grab her as she was dragged to the forefront, kneeling. She watched Candy being dragged and placed heavily by her side. Bring the traitor also. Katie turned her head as Jackson was unceremoniously dumped next to her. Jackson, she pleaded with her mind. He opened his eyes, finally focusing on her. I'm sorry. Katie felt another wave of despair envelop her soul. Desperate, she felt she only had one chance left to reach into his mind. She needed to find out where the strong emotions were coming from. Fighting the terror that was trying to claw its way into her consciousness, she closed her eyes, concentrating on Jackson's mind. Images raced through her mind. At first, she didn't understand. Then she realized she was actually in Jackson's memories as he was on the verge of changing into animal form. She felt his fear as he struggled to figure out what was happening to him. Looking up, she heard Sergius's words as he forced him to make a decision, to become a seeker or die. She felt him bow down and say a seeker's oath. I, Jared Price, promise to become a seeker. I give my rights up as an individual, which includes my free agency to choose my own destiny. I will use my gift for the cause of my leaders, for they are far greater than I. I make this covenant under no duress and of my own free will and choice. Katie listened intently, slowly to the words Sergius made Jackson speak. She could hear a voice echoing in his mind. You made a binding covenant to become a seeker. Do you honestly believe you can just walk away? You will always be bound to us. Always. Your loyalty is to us. We own you. We own your soul. You will never break free from the bonds that tie us together. Even in death, you will be bound to us. Katie felt the wave of despair hit her, sucking her energy and leaving her helpless. Struggling to stay in contact with his mind, she reached out. Jackson, it's a lie. Do you hear me? The oath is a lie. You made it under duress. It was not of your own free will and choice. She could feel him reaching out, grasping her words, wanting to, but not believing. I believe in you. Candy is here, and she believes in you. Tyler and Lizzie are somewhere out there, risking their lives for you. She felt a blow to her head, knocking her down. Hitting the ground hard, she opened her eyes, trying to get her bearings. How dare you! The woman screamed. Do you honestly think you can save this pathetic piece of human tissue? He is not worth the scum on my shoe. Katie slowly got up onto her knees, looking up at the woman. He's worth it. 
she said through clenched teeth. His heart and soul are intact. He made the oath under duress. She was hit again from behind, slamming her to the ground. Knowing she was probably going to die, she gave a small laugh as she slowly got back on her knees. Don't want the others to hear, I see. Afraid they may start questioning the lies you've told? Again, she was slammed to the ground. Katie, stop, Candy pleaded. Katie looked over at her friend, a sadness enveloping her. I'm sorry, Candy. I wish I could have been a better friend. Getting back up on her knees, she reached out with one hand and grabbed Jackson's hand. Reaching with the other, she grabbed Candy's. She looked out over the crowd of seekers. It's a lie! You're not bound to them! She was hit so hard from behind, she momentarily blacked out. A sharp pain in her ribs awakened her. Realizing she was being viciously kicked over and over again, she looked up to see the shadow of a man kicking her. Rolling over, she tried to avoid the beating to no avail. Not able to do anything else, she eventually lay there, unable to stop the assault. The last kick was to her face. Seeing stars, she blinked a couple of times, waiting for more. She lifted her head. Katie, stay down, please. Just stay down. She could hear Candy's heartbreak and tears through her thoughts. Katie spit out blood, the liquid threatening to choke her. Slowly, she lifted herself up and crawled back into place. Reaching out, she grabbed Jackson's hand. Then, floundering a little, she found Candy's. Her eyes swelling shut, she looked out over the crowd. Lifting her head, she could barely see the seeker's animal shapes. Bracing herself for another beating, she took a deep breath. They're lying to you, she croaked, barely able to form the words. It's a lie. The woman laughed loudly. Look at this poor, helpless creature. See how desperate she is for everyone to believe such a ridiculous notion? The oath a seeker makes is binding. Once it is made, it cannot be undone. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pawn the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.